right, welcome to a special edition of Stick a Fork in It. This is the Feeding Tampa Bay Father's Day Father Edition of Stick a Fork in It. Shannon has decided to uh, hit the bail um, bail this one and, and get out of here and, and leave it to the guys. So um, Ev's still working on the buttons over there, but I think he's going to stay out of it as well. We brought in some some dad experts to, to add to the conversation today. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves in just a second, but, um, you know, just want to start by uh, – recognizing that there are a lot of really amazing fathers here at Feeding Tampa Bay, um, just good men who, who want to do good in the world and, and who care deeply about um, their families. Uh, I think I can speak for everybody when I say it's an organization that really supports fathers. We might get into that a little bit as we go along, but um, you know, this is, it's a, a topic that's close to my heart. I have, I have three boys. Um, they are 10, 12 and 15. And yes, that means a very, very loud, pretty smelly household. Um, but, but a good time all the way around. Um, so with us today, we have the entirety of the fatherhood spectrum. We're going to go all the way from brand new dad, Lem Scott, (laughs) Uh, through Pete, who has a kid in pretty much every phase of life, and then Khalil, who is a grandfather. Yes. Yes. All right. So uh, let's take a minute and just kind of go and, and, and share the stats. Khalil, why don't we start with you? Oh, hello, everybody. Um, Khalil Rashid. I think I have six kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, ra- um, ages range from 33 to 24. Um, six grandkids. Um, the oldest one is seven. The newest one is three months. And I have a new, well, one on the way. All grandson. right. Grandson. We just found that out two days ago. Oh, oh wow. Grandson. So I'm very excited about that. I think uh, the biggest thing I enjoy now is the grandkids. My um, kids always told me, you don't care about us no more. So, <laughs> hey, all the love go to the grandkids now. So. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, well, we're definitely coming back to to the conversation around the difference between having grandkids and kids. So, oh yes, sir. <laughs> Pete, uh, Pete Lenhart is with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, your family? So, I've got uh, four kids. Uh, my youngest, twelve. I have a fifteen year old who's going to be a sophomore in high school. I've got a twenty three year old daughter in college and a 24 year old uh son stepson all right and uh full disclosure uh my boys and pete's boys have been in school together for a really long time <laughs> had the pleasure of coaching both of of pete's younger sons um and and seen a lot of uh, of awesome parenting from the from the journey together so we'll we'll definitely dive into that and lem the uh, the newbie, the rookie here. Yeah, I'm definitely new to this. So I have a two-year-old, uh, Eden, and uh, seven weeks, I think. My wife might correct me. <laughs> Seven-week-year-old Samina, so two girls. Uh, All right. So, Khalil, we didn't, uh, we didn't get boys, girls... Oh, all mix. boys. All, all boys. All boys. Six, six boys. Um, grandkids I have really is... Um, Four boys, 
and two girls. Okay. Yeah. And another I'm boy blessed. on the way. And another boy on so. the way. So I, I think the male gene is strong in our family. So, um, uh, so you know, we, we don't really have a, a super thought out plan for this conversation. Just wanted to, to take a little bit of time and um, kind of talk with each of you about your perspective on fatherhood, some of your experiences, maybe we will get into funny stories. I know Pete has dad jokes locked down, so we'll get some of those. <laughs> he, he loves to share those in the zoom, uh, the, the company chat. Um, so we may get a little taste of that here as we go through. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, according to Lem. Um, but They're Lem, let's, I want to start with the experience of, of having little ones in the home. Uh, you know, you, uh, You've been in the professional world for a couple of years now, and you were you were here at Feeding Tampa Bay before Eden was born, yep. and then uh, you know you've had kind of two years to adjust. What's it been like to grow as a professional as you're learning what it takes to be a father? Yeah, I think for me, I always viewed them as separate, and then seeing the worlds collide when Eden was born was interesting because. Without, I'd never thought of them connecting before, but then I realized, okay, work decisions sometimes impacts home, you know, what time I get home, how much energy I have. And then, you know, with other challenges that kind of come up with my family, I kind of see now I'm, I'm figuring out this balance. And um, I've also learned, you know, with Eden being born and then now Samina, I've learned the importance of kind of compartmentalizing a bit. What I mean by that is, you know, sometimes when I go home, I try to turn off, you know, work mode, in a sense, just to kind of give my mind some, like, a breather, and then also make sure I'm more present with Elam when I'm there. So, because, you know, every now and then, if I take something home, sometimes my mood is a bit affected, you know, so I just, I see the importance of that. Our our work can be heavy, right? Our our work can be very... stressful or emotionally draining and and it's really important to be able to develop that that ability to to separate to compartmentalize a little bit you know for me um one of the things that i've i think been able to to do to mitigate that is that i live on the other side of the bay so um my commute allows me the opportunity to just kind of leave work as I cross the bridge. You know, sometimes I put the windows down and, uh, you know, it's 96 degrees when I drive home today. So maybe not today, but, you know, in general, I think that it gives me the opportunity to, to reset and refocus. So when I get across the bay on the other side, I'm just dead. And, um, you know, that's, that's obviously not always possible, but I've, I've found that to be a really valuable, um, trait and and a a skill set that i've started to build i I wasn't always that way you know i often kind of intermingled the two brought kids to work events things like that um and i would say the same is true in the mornings you know mornings at my house can be a little bit hectic (laughs) with uh, a elementary school or a middle school or in a high school and uh going to two different places and needing breakfast and needing lunch and needing you know dropped off at, at the bus stop and trying to get the workout in and trying to do all those other things in the morning it can be a little crazy and so i've always appreciated the opportunity to leave that behind and turn my focus to my work day as well um you know, Pete, what about you? How do you, how do you strike that balance? Um, I think that's the tough part. You know, like you said, it's uh, striking that balance between, you know, work and home. You know, it's, our kids are in 
various sports as your kids are, <laughs> um, basketball, football, soccer, you name it. And you want to be a part of that, right? You don't want to miss all of that. Sometimes it's a struggle getting out of work on time, you know, making it to those events, getting them to those events. But um, I do my darndest uh, to do that, to support them in any of the sports that they play or any of the things that they do. It doesn't necessarily have to be sports, but any of the activities that they're in. So um, it is a challenge for sure. Um, but, um, you know, just do my best. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of the things I love about feeding Tampa Bay and especially our work, you know, on, on Khalil's side of things, it's a little tougher to have this flexibility, but I know when, when you were considering joining the team here, one of the things that you and I talked about um, was that I coached the school soccer team, you know, that, that I was able to, and had the support from Thomas um, to step away and, and rearrange my work hours so that I could be there after school, so that I could go and, you know, traipse across Pinellas County with a bag of soccer balls and, uh, you know, yell at some kids from the sidelines. And um, it, it has been a really, really important part of, I think, my ability to stay grounded here is that I know I'm supported in making that choice. I know I'm supported um, and encouraged and um, I remember you and I having that conversation and um, how has that played out for you? You know, is, has it been what you hoped? Has it been better than, than other places? Has it been just kind of trying to find your way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the support from the organization, the, the support from uh, my boss, uh, my direct boss is amazing. And, um, you know, I am able to make those events um, that I wasn't able to before. And that's primarily why, not primarily, but one of the big reasons why I wanted to move away from where I was before was just because I was missing a lot of family time, a lot of family events. And that's extremely important to me. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this job has allowed me to do that. So it's certainly been um, a blessing for me. Awesome. Yeah. And, and Khalil, in your world, you know, you have, a, you have a little less freedom because you have times for your routes. Um, you know, obviously you're, you're in leadership, so you're, you're not in the cab of a truck as much. But how have you uh, worked through that balance over your time here? Feed Tampa Bay is, um, is like it's more accommodating to, to being able to get off and be able to uh, make practices with my uh, grandkids and stuff like that. By just um, talking to, uh, listening to Lim and uh, Pete, it, I was reflecting back when I was in the military. So majority of my, majority of my time, I spent 26 years in the military. So I missed a lot of football practices, basketball practices, games, um, parties, you know, different type of events that was real important to my kids. So um, later on, um, the two youngest ones, my uh, 24 and 25 year old, they used to always tell me, hey, dad, are you going to be able to make this um, event? And, you know, and as they got older, I was able to do to be able to attend to some of them, but now it's like with my grandkids, I, I I try my best to be at everything that comes up with them. Like I got a my seven year old, he's auto out of nowhere started wanting to run track at seven. So that that amazes me. So yeah. <laughs> so you feed time they do give you that flexibility to do that. So when and I think you know it, it 
it calls me back to something that I, I will always remember about my dad. You know, I think when we talk about being fathers, there's always an element of the father that we had, right. Mm -hmm. And, and thinking through what that's like and how that impacts our choices as dads. And, um, my dad made every effort to be Mm -hmm. at every single thing. And I was, I played every sport you could imagine. I played baseball year round. I played soccer. I played, you know, I, I was always doing stuff. And, and my sister was always in different band things. And, um, you know, he he made it a priority. And that really had an impact on me. Nice. Uh, it, it is one of the most important things I think of as as I think about just the, the role of being a father is showing up. Yes. You know? Yeah, I, I would say I'm the reverse of that a little bit, Matt. So um, my dad was a tremendous dad. I'm, you know, God rest his soul. But mm-hmm. um, he worked a lot, uh, worked many, many hours, a lot of the times 7 o'clock in the morning to 8, 9 p.m. at night. Um, missed a lot of my activities and sports and different things like that because he was working so hard. We had six kids in the family, so he had to support <laughs> quite a bit there. Yes. I know what it's like with four. I wouldn't want to do six. So uh, he worked a lot and missed a lot of events. And I said to myself, you know, I'm I'm going to work hard just like he did, but I'm going to do my best to make as many events as possible. I don't you know, I understood that he worked a lot. My mom made a lot of the events, but I just, that was one difference for me. I wanted to be there as much as possible for my kids' events and activities, so. Yeah, well, you know, you, you touched on it earlier, but um, I want to go back to it. You, you mentioned that this was one of the reasons that you chose to work here. Tell me a little bit about kind of the before and after and how that's played out for you and um, what it's like now. Well, my older kids... Uh, missed me a lot more than my younger <laughs> kids are. Uh, so, yeah, I missed, I can't tell you how many countless uh, sporting events, practices, uh, chances to coach, uh, different things like that with uh, my two older kids. But my younger kids, I'm, I'm able to experience that with, um, you know, the flexibility that I have here at uh, Feeding Tampa Bay. So um, I've actually um, coached a little basketball um, I haven't coached soccer because I know nothing about it. I just I just watch you, Matt. You're the you're the you're the pro at that. Um, but just being able to make the sporting events is, I think, has meant a lot to my boys. And, and um, if I remember correctly, a, a championship football coach, right, as a defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, 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 for what? sure. Defensive coordinator. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call myself that, but, you know, I didn't let too many touchdowns go by. That's for sure. <laughs> so, Lem, I'm, I'm curious as, you know, as you hear the three of us talking about that, mm-hmm. um, you know, both, both your experience growing up and um, how you look forward to what might happen in the next several years uh, as, as your girls grow and, and your thoughts around involvement as a parent. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's actually something I think about a lot. I think just because, well, I've had the most time with Eden, you know, Samina's only six, seven weeks, and looking at Eden's interests change just within, like, you know, just two years, I'm seeing, what she, you know, she loves to dance, she's always listening to music, and it was like, I could play music, and she would, like, rock for hours straight, and she can do almost nothing else for 10 minutes straight. Yeah. But it's, so every time I see her interests, I start imagining, you know, like, what would she be interested in? What do we expose her to first? You know, so we're thinking probably dance soon, maybe swimming, 
Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, my dad, he was, you know, similar to the way you described yours. You know, my, my father was very involved. Um, my main sport was what we call football. You guys call soccer. Um, <laughs> just a trend, I think. The rest of the world thing, I should say. Cyber. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, but he was, you know, he was very involved, coming to every game, at every practice. And my mother was as much as she could. She was... Uh, her work was more demanding in terms of hours, you know, uh, my mom's an attorney, uh, but, you know, seeing my father, the way he was invested, involved, what you need, you know, trying to train us up to be, you know, as good as possible. And I went, you know, I played soccer most of my life, you know, captain teams and things like that. And he stuck with me until I was like, you know, maybe not pursue this as much anymore. So when I think of my kids, I just, as oft, as involved as I can be, I want to be. And I often, especially because of the work I do with Fresh Force, you know, the job training, like I see the differences in different work environments where I know there are types of employment where people don't have as much flexibility as I do, you know, and that's a testament to the, the company, you know, and you, Matt, and Mike as well, very understanding of life involving work and family. Um, so I think about, you know, I feel blessed to be in this position where I feel confident I can make those decisions as they grow up. And, but I also, you know, my, I, my mind just also goes to other people that don't really have that flexibility. You know, it's just kind of, it's, it's maybe it's just how I'm wired. You know, yeah. I just yeah. always think about the next person. Well, and, and, you know, I think we're starting to see a couple of themes cross over here, right? Because there are plenty of people who really don't have the freedom that mm-hmm. the four of us do yes. to be present for their kids, to be um, as actively involved during the day or even at all in their child's life. And it that to me crosses over with the conversations that we've had about coaching, mm-hmm. about, you know, neighborhoods and the, the friends that your kids hang out with and, um, you know, Obviously, there's a very specific definition of fatherhood, but I think the the broader sense of, of male role models and coaches and uh, the grandparents and yes. the, the uncles and the, and the other positive influences, um, you know, I, I think about that a lot with my boys. In fact, my oldest uh, was in, involved in a program called Civil Air Patrol, and um up to the point that he joined that, you know, I'd coached almost every sport he'd been in. His mom taught at the school where he went. He had parents around him all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually invited me to be part of the the adult leadership of the group. And I said no, um, because I think, you know, at, at that 12, 13, 14 age is, is when it's important to shift and allow your children to have other influences and mm-hmm. other uh, experiences outside of the home and the parent influence. Um, so, you know, obviously we're going to talk about fathers, but I'm, I'm curious about your experience, fellas, of, of either being a male role model for kids that are not your own or other male role models you had in your life beside your father um, or those who are who influence your children, you know what? Uh, what's that been like for you to watch or see other dads, um, and, and what do you glean from that? I think for me, um, 
my my uncle. My uncle was that role model for me. Um, hard working, always, always work can fix almost anything around the house, cars, anything like that. Um, he 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 already. That, that, believe that's where I got my work ethic from from him always willing to help anybody out in the family so um my kids see that in me so I'm the I can't say I'm not the eldest I got an older cousin male cousin that's older than me but I'm like the second eldest so everybody come to me for issues that pops up in the family um so since having instilling that seeing, no seeing that into two of my eldest sons that I know that that type of um, trait that I that I that they see me have with them having seeing that in two of them yeah I'm real proud of that because they, they more like they try to keep the family together I think that's one thing that um, over time as kids get older they start you know they distance themselves from each other and, you know, keeping that family, core family values together, I think that's one real important thing that I see that I, I really am um, impressed with two of my kids that, that has that in them right now. That's That's got to be really cool to see that uh, reflected down to the next generation, yeah. you know, people picking up on, on your personality traits and your... Uh, Lucky they didn't see me when I was younger, so, you know, (laughs) a lot of those those bad traits kind of went away, but um, they picked up on the good part, so (laughs) So, I'm real happy of that. And then then also about the limb limb part about keeping that work work balance, um, family life work balance, keeping that. When I was younger, I think that was the hardest thing for me to do. You know, by me being in the military, I was always going all the time, so, Mm. you know, coming home and being around the kids that that was my enjoyment so you know all of my kids they love being around each other uh, so that's one thing i really i really enjoy that now especially now that i have grandkids i really love that um you know is it, my seven-year-old you talking about dance my seven-year-old he think he can sing but he can't sing so, <laughs> so he tell us all this weekend that hey saturday we having a concert at three o'clock we, we like son what are you talking about <laughs> he's gonna give us a concert on so all week long so all we heard all week is him trying to sing but he can't sing so, <laughs> so we encourage him son you're doing real good keep it up <laughs> <laughs> Me and my wife would go in the room and be like, oh, man, I'd be glad when he'd be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should add in a little guitar. Yeah. Some, some drums. We or, do have, he does have a guitar. There you go. Yeah, oh, my it's, goodness. And then he stringing on this guitar. I'd be like, we just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's fun to watch that. So I enjoy that, though. I, I pretty much picked up everything from my dad. I mean, he was the provider. Um the protector, uh, I guess our moral compass, I mean, just always keeping us headed on the right path. Um, I, I picked up all that from him. Probably the, the additions for me were is being more active in uh, my kid's life, trying to, you know, do that work, work-life balance like we've already talked about, and uh, affection. Um, mm-hmm. I'm extremely affectionate with my kids. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, 
my 15 year old is starting to think it's a little weird <laughs> that I continue to kiss him on the cheek. Uh, oh, yeah, but they, I told him when he yeah. is a senior in college and he walks down, he's going to get a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> so uh, be prepared. But no, I, I'm uh, extremely affectionate. My, my father was 100% German, his father the same. And um, affection didn't come till later years in my life. Um, with him and I just kind of that was one of the things that I also felt was very important for my kids so uh, affection yeah, yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah I, I think my kids <laughs> my oldest kid because I always give them, I, I'm a I'm an affectionate guy too so I always give my kids a hug and the kids so my oldest son is an MMA uh, fighter so He's got this manly approach to him, but I always come up to him, even when I go to his fights, I always say, hey, I grab him, give him a kiss on his face, say, hey, dad, please don't do that in front of everybody. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're still my child. You know. it, it's funny to me, too. Like, There's there's kind of a variety of, of types of affection, especially with boys, right? Because you, you get the you know the, the mussing of the hair or the, the kiss on the cheek, but... Um, Often it's also like just the walking by and elbowing you, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, or the little shoulder bump, uh, you know, and, and just kind of the, I'm here, you know, this is, uh, I'm, I'm here for you. You know, like my, uh, my youngest is a snuggler big time mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't really matter who, you know, it's my wife or me or the dog or whatever. He's going to, you know, he, he's just very snuggly and, uh, my older two, not really anywhere near as much, but at the same time, they I would I would still consider them pretty affectionate because they respond, and and you know want to be near, want to have that touch. Like they don't. MJ, my oldest, has started to get a little bit embarrassed of it, just like Peter. You know, <laughs> you're you're uh, you're 15 year old, but um, that's all right. I think in, in some ways it's good to break that comfort and. And just yes. remind them, like, I'm here uh, and I'm going to be here even when you think it's a little inconvenient because you need it. Um, and I, I've always found that interesting because I don't, I don't know about you guys, but my, my boys are not um, – I mean, no one will talk a lot, but in terms of talking about feelings and emotions, it's not a ton of that in my house. But there's a lot of the physical communication. Um, and, and I've found learning that as a dad is pretty interesting because I can walk by in the, in the room and just, you know, give a little, little bump or, uh, you know, rub my kid on the top of the head or whatever. And, and it's just a little reminder that I'm there and I'm thinking about him. And I, I, I feel like that kind of stuff makes a difference. I don't know for, for the little ones, I'm sure it's different, Lem, but, uh, yeah, but I think. You know, to Pete's point, you know, yeah, me thinking about maybe what I learned from my dad and what I might fill in. And, you know, my, my father's the best man I know. You know, I, I, I say that all the time. It's like when I'm looking for a male role model, like I have to look no further than him, you know. And just I know that the older I got, I think the less expressive he was about his love for me, you know, though, though it was never in doubt, you know. Yeah. I think that's just something that reflecting... I want to keep, you know, for my girls, at least growing up, I know it sometimes culturally it's a little mm-hmm. different with father and son, you know, uh, but it's something that I, I, I see value for, you know, consistently, you know, and um, so I, I want to be more 
of an open book or like an inviting presence, you know, for like if there's some things I'm confused about or like little challenges in those teenager years and stuff like that. I know it's a while off for me, but I'm <laughs> you better start preparing now. I'm dealing with a rebellious two year old right now, so I have enough on my plate, but <laughs> you know, that's that's one thing, you know, Pete had me thinking. Really, some things I just want to kind of have that full picture, you know. But things I would never have thought of, thought of without, you know, experiencing my dad as a father. Yeah, it's you know we we joke about how kids change over time, but it's amazing to me um, to see personality differences even within the same family. Oh yes, right. So, oh. Khalil, I'm sure you have lots of stories about oh. about the differences between your kids, mine. Uh, you know again the three boys and they could not be any more different the the three of them are just so unique six personalities <laughs> and it and it started right away too like you could yes. see it immediately yes that they were just going to be different. they were toddlers yeah, yeah so i would tell everybody my oldest two is the the two that's the outgoing the other four each one of them, you know, you know, all of them got their own personality, but think different, act different. You can almost tell, I can tell one of them to, you know, I can tell them that I can come by and say, hey, I need y'all to clean this up, do this, do this. They'll sit up and look at you like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. <laughs> the older two will get up and go do it. The younger four will sit up there and look at you. I'm not doing moving until he come back and start yelling. <laughs> this is what they told me after they had grown. Dad, we understood everything, but it, we knew you didn't mean it until you started yelling. The oldest two never, you know, they always knew. Dad meant that as soon as he said it, get up and go do it. But the younger four, they used to always sit around like, Dad is not going to get on us until he start yelling. When he start yelling, then we'll start moving. They knew that at a young age. I'm talking about like. Shoot, about eight, 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 eight years old. That used to amaze me. Once they, once we got older, we sit around the house talking about stuff, yeah. and they let the secrets out. So, Dad, we knew how you acted about stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Mother, on the other hand, oh, they had my my wife. They had her wrapped around their fingers, so they can get away with murder. <laughs> Man, that actually has me thinking because I'm the newbie. Like, have you? Have you three seen your parenting style change? Like with having multiple kids and that much experience? Because that's something I think about sometimes. Because I'm like, I'm trying things with Eden and I'm like, all right, she may not respond to this. Let me try something else. Like, I would say yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and the only reason why I say that because we moved a lot. Being in the military, I moved a lot. So the different environments that we moved into reflect how I would, you know, either discipline my kids, put it that way. That, that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. I might be, one place I can say, go ahead and go. Y'all can go ahead and go go visit this person, that person. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even bother me. But then I was stationed at cer- certain places that, hmm, I'm more restrained. I, hey, you right. can't, you know, if I'm not going with you, can't go. You're, you're, you're um one of one of your parents not going with you can't go, but I, I you know for me, I would tell you yes. It just it all depends. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's different in in actually two ways. Um, one, it's different over time with the same kid, right? As they grow, 
the the methods that might have worked when they were a toddler or three or four year old don't work anymore yes. when they're seven or eight or nine and then they don't work you know whatever you've adjusted to doesn't work again when they're 12 13 14 um, but also each of my kids are so different that the approach for each of them has had to be different you know i think yeah it, it's seeing the kid in front of you you know we were talking this morning in, a, in our manager meeting about leadership and management styles and managing your employees to their personality and, and where they are and who they are. And, and it's really, it's been similar for me in the way I think about being a dad because, um, you know, uh, my favorite example is my middle son is his name's Luke. And, um, number one, he has no volume button. He's always on 11. Um, <laughs> and he's, you know, we have like just, my family is all alpha personalities. There's not a single laid back person in my house, um, but probably Luke more so than anybody else. And I still remember he was probably two or three and we had a timeout spot in the house. Right. And he's got this older brother that's three and a half years older than him and is a, was, has always been a big kid. But that never mattered to Luke. He was going to do whatever MJ did. He was going to be next to him. In fact, he was going to be better than him. And yes. um, never really worked out that way. But <laughs> it never stopped him from trying. And so he would get so mad. And then, you know, he would, he's very particular about the way he listens and the words that you use and the decisions that he makes. And um, I, I still remember vividly this one time. I'm looking at him, I'm like, I could see he's about to punch his older brother. I'm like, Luke, do not hit him. You're going to go to timeout. <laughs> and he looks at me, and I can see, even at that age, I can see him making the calculation, you know what? It's worth it. And so he looks at me, turns back, punches his brother, and then just walks over and sits down in the timeout spot. <laughs> like, just, yeah. all right, it's worth it. He makes the calculation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Peter and Luke are the same way. So they uh, they they fight, and Luke thinks he can fight Peter, right? You know, he's twelve, Peter's fifteen, and for some odd reason, he just thinks he can fight him and get away with it. The reason he thinks he can fight him and get away with it is because Peter won't hurt him. So Peter's like the opposite. He's like my wife. He's just you know he's nice, he's compassionate. He like he won't hurt it, hurt a fly. And Luke, my little one, is you know he's crazy. So. Um, <laughs> You know, but uh, yeah, it's. I agree with Matt. It's a difference in personalities. I, I think high level, your parenting is somewhat similar. You know, somewhat the same, um, but it's just dealing with all the different personalities. And my daughter, I mean, she's on another planet. So good luck, <laughs> good luck Lem. That's uh, their daughters are work. Yeah, <laughs> she's a beautiful girl, and and I love her to death. But uh, they are a little more work than boys. <laughs> And I, I think it's, you know, Pete, you make a great point. I, the values are the same, right? Yes. The, the principles, the, the big picture things don't change, but the interactions are so different. Mm -hmm. Just that I know that, that I can say things in a very direct and, and probably you would, if you heard it from outside and didn't know, uh, the way I talk to MJ sometimes can come off as really aggressive and rude. He doesn't take it that way, right? He, he's totally fine with that. I could not even imagine talking that way to my youngest because yeah. he doesn't handle it that well it, he needs a different style mm. um, and and I think that's one thing I think 
I've noticed in parents of this generation um, who have kids, you know, who are younger now seem to recognize that in a different way. You know, there's always the sitcom kind of stereotypical dad, right? Who's a goofball or who's a hard ass Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, has one set of rules and he's going to be really gruff and everybody's going to have to, that's not parenting today. I don't think. And I don't know if it ever was, but it's certainly not parenting today. Yeah, my wife used to tell me all the time, "Don't come home with that military stuff in my house." <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not directly leading soldiers. These are your kids. And I'll be like, okay, but, but all it, right, but it works. Yeah, <laughs> oh, the older two, it worked, but them, I keep going back to the younger four. It did not work on them at all. They thought it was a joke because they've been around the military. They watched, they watched. What was that? Major pain. Major dad, major yeah, pain. Yeah, all that stuff <laughs> all like that. Those, yeah. like, oh, my goodness. Nah, they thought it was a joke after that. But the different personalities, like like you mentioned, um, it, it's funny because as they get older, you got to come at them in a different way, especially when they get in the teenage years. Mm. And, I, and when they start thinking they know more than you, that's, oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's the headache. That's the challenge. So you be just lucky when you, you know, when they're out of your eyesight that they're doing all the value instilling that they um, carried on with them when they're outside in public. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's why. <laughs> the other thing I think is really funny, um, not in the moment usually, but afterwards, is having to parent your own weakness out of your child, like seeing yourself reflected in the things that you know you struggle with and then watching your kid make those same mistakes or watching your kid like frustrate Mm. people in the same way you know you frustrate people. (laughs) Uh, Trying to parent yourself out of your child is is certainly difficult, you know, because as Thomas said this morning, Parent, you know, kids don't take after strangers, right? And they they take got it from you. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to ask for, uh, you know, I shared a little bit about about a Luke story, but I want to hear uh, a funny parenting story. Um, you can edit out the name of your child if you want to. Um, my guess is they're not listening to this podcast, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, I, I want to hear a, a funny dad story it doesn't have to be anything major but just uh when you think about being a dad or or you think about an experience with your children what's what's something that just pops into mind that makes you laugh when i lost my kid in um who's in germany at a one amusement park almost like disney world so the youngest one decided he he wanted to just walk off from me but guess what did nobody know he was missing (laughs) we didn't figure out he was lost (laughs) For about 30 minutes. Uh-oh. So when we did finally find him, he's over at this, you know, he like he likes animals. So it's my son, Jahad. So I know he ain't going to hear it, so I'm going to tell him. <laughs> but Jahad decides he's seen this. Um, I think they had some camels or something at this park. So he went over there playing with the camels. He walked away. We didn't know. We walked around the park. We sort of looked back and like, we missing one. <laughs> So we, when we did find him after 30 minutes later, he's just sitting over there playing. He went to the petting, you know, the petting zoo. And that's where he was at the whole time. He looked up at us like, where y'all been at? I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah. 
I think that was about the most. It was funny, but also scary because we didn't know where this child was at for 30 minutes. And then when we finally went back by the pet zoo, they go sitting in the pet zoo. <laughs> you're, you're having a nice day and just yeah, wandering around, yeah. and all of a sudden your heart just drops. Yeah, right? he's off in the pet zoo. We said, what? He told me, what, Pop? He said, Dad, I did tell you. No, you didn't. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I think mine's very, very much similar. Uh, my wife actually uh, left Luke at school. She works, obviously, at the school that uh, Luke's at, and she left him at school. And so she's driving home, and I'm talking to her on the phone, and I said, uh, so how was Luke's day? And it hit her. Oh, my God. I forgot <laughs> Luke. <laughs> so Luke, to this day, still... Harps on her about that. If she says anything, he's like, "Well, yeah, but you left me at school that day." <laughs> so, ma'am, you will forget your child. It happens. It happens. Hey, I hate to you tell you, it's going to happen. <laughs> it don't. It don't mean you don't love them. <laughs> Mine just went elsewhere. <laughs> oh man, uh, trying to think of one appropriate for the <laughs> for the podcast audience. Oh. Uh, this one is recent, so can't believe I'm gonna tell this. So, uh, so Eden is wild. Just to give some context, so people say, "Oh, you know, girls dress up, bowl, all that good stuff." None of that. She's she's into like the makeup and the you know nail polish, but she's wild. She wants to climb on my head. <laughs> she's stomping on the couch. I'm like, just chill out for a little bit. She never does. So I'm just. You know, sitting on the couch, just watching TV. She just, you know, stepping on the couch, running like regular. And then she steps on my private pod. <laughs> right? We've all had it happen. Exactly. I, I scream. I say, ah. And I say, I say, Eden, <laughs> you, you, you can't step, you can't step on my, my testicles like that. She goes, oh, your bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> so now the worst part is she just randomly calls it a bicycle from the horn. <laughs> and my wife loves it. But uh, I bicycle. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I, I don't know how we ended up down this path. <laughs> I, I'm going to go there because it always happens, just, right? So my youngest, Nolan, went through a phase when he was about two where he thought the funniest thing in the world was to punch his brothers there and then run away. And it was like months. I don't know what it was about boys. They just He would come around a corner, see one of his brothers, punch him in his bicycle, and just run. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, that we reframed the bicycle. It's it's a sense of (laughs) reason. I just, no matter how many times you talk to him about it, no matter how many times he sat in timeout, he just could not get over how funny it was. I think it was the power thing, right? Because you react so strongly to that. That he just... And his older brothers still to this day talk about the year that Nolan was hitting everybody in the bicycle. And, yeah. <laughs> the other one, actually, I have a, a funny one that um, involves my son, Luke, and Pete's wife, Robin. Um, so the boys go to the same school and, and somehow I think Robin ended up chaperoning, I think all three of the Lukes that were in the class together, um, at Lowry Park Zoo at Zoo Tampa. And the thing about my middle son is that he is the one who the craziest stuff 
always happens to. <laughs> like literally, we say it's always Luke, right? There's this uh, song by the band AJR that's a hundred bad days make a hundred good stories, um, and that's his theme song. You know, it's just. I, He's always telling stories about the crazy things that happened. He's the kid that almost died. He's the kid that had all this different stuff happen to him. This past weekend when we were on vacation, he's the kid who stuck his hand in a hornet's nest and had them chase him around his grandma's house. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, it's always Luke. And so they were at, at a Zoo Tampa, and my wife was back at school, and I wasn't able to chaperone. I chaperone almost everything, but that was the one I, I wasn't chaperoning. And so Robin had all the boys and I guess, I think it was the three Lukes were running down now because they're boys, they couldn't just run on the sidewalk. They had to run on the edge and it wasn't just a normal curb. There's this spot where it's all these different little uh, stubs of posts, but they're all different sizes. <laughs> and so the boys are running full speed down this and my son is the slowest of the three Lukes by far, and he's trying to catch up with them, and his feet get out in front, and then he tries to make that, you know, catch it up, and his body starts to get out in front, and then he just goes, bam, face first, elbow right into one of the really hard posts, and there's just blood everywhere. And thankfully it wasn't his head or anything, but I think for the first couple seconds, Robin didn't know. All she saw was my kid on the ground and blood and, you know, oh, great, I'm responsible and <laughs> what's going on, you know? And, and so it just became a, a funny thing that, like, it is it is just always Luke. He's got scars on both elbows. He's got a giant scar on his arm. He's always hurt. Um, but that one just kind of made me laugh because it was the, the two seconds Robin wasn't right on them to – you know, be doing what they were supposed to be doing. <laughs> I don't know about you, Khalil, but I had broken bones. I had so many stitches. All I can, my kids, nothing. No oh, broken yeah. bones, that, no stitches. That, that's crazy. Jah, that's Jahad. Jahad was the one that was, like you said, always into something. And that's the one that walked away, was in the pet zoo. <laughs> so <laughs> broken bones. Love to get on top of stuff and think he's Superman jumping off. You know, one day we caught him on a balcony one day with a dang uh, like a sheet around it. Yeah, cape, <laughs> cape jumping off the heat. But he can do flips and stuff. So he literally was doing flips off the back of the uh, off the balcony and and land. So they would, you know, the guy you could have his brothers down there, a couple of his friends try to do this type of uh, flip, <laughs> mess around, flip, and broke his shoulder. Landed on his side and broke all this up. So he would walk around in a sleigh for about three months. Good move, replace his shoulder, all that. So, yeah, broken bones, yeah, all the time. <laughs> now, his daughter, you know, his daughter, Liana, has the same trait that he has. Loved to always end the something. This young lady has so many bumps and bruises on her head. You can't tell that. I always tell her, you are not a girl. <laughs> You got too many scars. You're a little tomboy. You have too many scars. Always have a scar on brand new every every day I see her. It it's funny to me because you know, your kids do things like jump off a balcony in a cape and you think they're gonna like, grow out of it. Just and they'll be totally fine. And then it'll be something stupid and all of a sudden there's blood everywhere, right? Yeah. Like you just 
the the weirdest one to me is this one time we were uh you know my family as loves theme parks right we're mm-hmm. always going to theme parks and uh had passes at universal and uh, Universal Orlando has, uh, you know, a there's a million places to eat and all sorts. It's a, it's awesome for boys, especially once you get past that like Legoland age mm-hmm. when they're, you know, mid- middle of elementary school and beyond because there's just a, a ton of stuff to do. Um, but for whatever reason, that time we decided there's this one restaurant at Universal that's supposed to be awesome. Like just mm-hmm. most of them are just theme park food, right? Burgers or you know. Harry Potter or whatever. I don't know. Um, but this one is like really good Greek restaurant. We're like, you know what? We're going to try it. We're here all the time. It's won all these awards. We're going to go to the nice restaurant. So I don't know, maybe a half hour before that we're waiting in, in a line and the older two are wrestling and fighting and moving around. Yeah. And, and Nolan, my youngest is just sitting on the bottom rail of the um you know of the the bar that's that keeps you in line and trying to control the older two just being wild and nolan just kind of slips forward and falls over and kind of bonks his head a little bit on the ground but he was a foot and a half off the ground we didn't really think anything of it and you know he's always getting beat up by his older brothers so he's pretty tough he doesn't really say anything he gets up and we go through the line and ride the train and then we we go to lunch and nolan's like Man, my head hurts. I actually didn't even say like his head hurts. He's like, it's so bright in here. We're like, we're inside. Mm-hmm. It's not really bright. And he's, Dad, can I borrow your sunglasses? He's wearing, mm-hmm. actually, he's wearing his his mom's sunglasses. He had my hat pulled down. He's like, my eyes hurt. And Aaron and I look at each other. And we're like, oh, uh oh. You know, all those years coaching, I've yeah. been trained in concussions. <laughs> yeah. I know the symptoms. He's like, I'm not really hungry. My head hurts. My eyes hurt. And then he crawls underneath the table. So we're, and then at the same time, we're like, this food is amazing. This is so good. <laughs> I can see why it won these awards. And Nolan's like curled up under my knees under the table. And, and I'm trying to enjoy the food, but at the same time, I like, I know he's got a concussion. Like, how do you get a concussion from the bottom rung? You fell 18 inches. And so. Yeah, we got him to eat a little bit, and, and then he goes outside, and of course, two mm-hmm. minutes later, he's just puking mm-hmm. everywhere. It's like, okay. So we go to the uh, you know, to the little emergency station, whatever, and the EMT looks at him. He's like, yep, he's got a concussion. <laughs> I know that. Is he okay? <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, you know, just here, drink this bottle of water, take two aspirin. All right. Go ahead and enjoy your day. The magic cure war. Can, he can go on roller coasters. The guy's like, yeah, he's be fine. He's got a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they, they would have let him go on roller coasters. I was like, no, nah, I don't think that's the best idea, guys. <laughs> so we went home. But like, it's funny to me, like injuries and how that stuff plays out. It's just the weirdest thing. So good parent or bad parent? Did you stay for dessert? <laughs> we got the dessert to go. Uh, no, we, we uh, yeah, we we did not stay that that late that night. We're typically like close the park down kind of people, but we we cut it off early that night. I, I know you was talking about the way your kids be fighting and, and we in the line waiting to be served, and I think <laughs> that hitting each other in the bicycle thing <laughs> seemed like every time we had a restaurant waiting in line. Somebody gonna hit somebody in the bicycle. You be sitting up there like, 
Oh my goodness! <laughs> and then it start. Then all of them yeah, start. That's war. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and then to get them to calm down to be the biggest challenge. All right, we're going inside. Everybody, calm down. As soon as you turn your head. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go on for hours. Man, what's yeah. nuts to me is like the most mundane of tasks. It's like a whole event now. So like we're just going to the grocery. All right, let's go to the grocery. Let's pick up a few things. And we all, I'm looking around my shoulder and Eden's running. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. I'm hearing little footsteps. I'm like, where did she go? <laughs> and she thinks it's a game. So she's ducking through carts and <laughs> yeah, yeah. almost getting run over. And I'm just like running with the diaper bag on my back. I'm like, yeah, I did not imagine my life would be like this. <laughs> People giving me dirty looks. I'm like, yeah, have kids. <laughs> you see, why you ain't got control of your kids? Yeah, that that one always makes me laugh. They like the know. the way people react when they haven't had to be there. Right? Yeah, yep. yeah, experience. yeah. Experience is like because you meet people who know. You can tell like parents. They know what it is like. Yeah. What's your feelings on the leashes? I, I can't do it. I, I can't. I've never, never done do it. it. Oh, I've never my done goodness. it. I, I mean, I, yeah. every time I see a kid in one of those things and they're just, you know, pulling and yanking <laughs> you on gonna make the, To me, you're going like, to make the child want to be. Let him go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it free, the baby. So yeah, let him go. We've, uh, we've tried, like, the wrist one. I always hated the one on the back. It just seems like very neck. And I, I still don't even like the wrist one. I'm like, yeah. it's just, I, I don't know. We've tried it. We don't really like it, the wrist. But I just, it's just. Yeah, once Something you Something about it just feels like too restricted. Keep them yeah. in your eyesight. You'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we in your eyesight. You know, because I have three, we have to play zone defense, right? Yeah. We can't yeah. Use yeah. <laughs> no, more, no more man to man. You still got man to man. Yeah. Because you're only at two. But right. you know, when you get to three, you're playing zone. And yeah. sometimes you lose one, right? Yeah. Somebody finds yeah, that pocket I'm, of space in the zone yeah. and you're like So you turn your back, want to run off, eh? Hey? <laughs> Always do a count. That's how I can do that, we did, It's right. funny. My wife and I have both been camp counselors, right? And she's a teacher. So she's always counting, and I'm always counting, and she's always leading. And, like, this is where we're headed. This is, you know, and, and I'm always in the back doing yes, the corral yeah. thing. Right? Yeah, that's me. Like, yeah. Nolan's off here to the side making friends with the, you know, peanut vendor, and I got to pull him. And then Luke's over here, you know, arguing about sports with some random person who's wearing a gator shirt. And I, just trying to corral them all. That's my role is I, I play at the back of the zone yeah. just trying to keep them, keep them going forward. So kind of winding down on time, and I'm sure we could sit here and tell – all sorts of stories for for the rest of the afternoon but um a question i'd love to ask you guys and just get a get a little bit of um a thought on is you know maybe not not for lem specifically but just and, and actually i want to kind of circle back around to where we started the conversation because um i think work and life especially with these electronic devices we have now and email and, you know, texts on your wrist and all of that stuff, you know, it can really seep into everything. Hmm. Um, If you had one piece of advice for dads out there, future dads, stepdads, you know, adopted dads, whoever it is, um, as they try to balance life and work, um, What's your what's your advice for them as dads? Mine is just to do your best to be present. You know, if, <clears throat> even if your job doesn't allow you to, just do your best. Because it's important for kids to have that father um, model. So yeah, yeah, yeah that work work life balance. Uh, um, 
it's it's going to be challenging at times, but you have to make time for your family, not only for your family, you know, for your kids, yourself also. You know, you got to make time for yourself also. But making that work balance, getting that, when you're spending time with your family is real, you know, vital to me. So, you know, that's that's most important. Um, There's nothing like sitting down for dinner, too. Yeah. All yeah. together. Oh, d- No dinner. electronics. You mentioned electronics. Yeah. There are absolutely no electronics at our dinner table when we eat dinner. Yeah. Yep. Like my it. son Sit. Luke's always saying, can I watch my <laughs> iPad? Can I watch yeah. a movie? No. Sit it's down at time. the table together. I think that's an old-fashioned uh, tradition that people got away from but you know just taking a, even if it's you can't do it every day at least one day out of week spend time at the table together without these cell phones without no type of electronics around you know uh, the conversation that you have is is amazing so yeah. even that my kids are grown but when they come over we you know we, we have a good time now so but yeah these things, yeah. Yeah, the uniting power of food, right? And yeah. you know, even just the table. Now, yeah. you, you know, uh, I always tell people my, my family made a big priority of that growing up. And so every single night we would eat family dinner together. Mm-hmm. And when we got to high school, my sister and I, it became impossible just because of mm-hmm. schedules, right? I'd be at baseball until 730 and she'd have band and we'd have all this other stuff going on. and And yet still... Every single night, whenever all four of us finally got home, we'd sit down at the table. Sometimes it was over a bowl of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we weren't even eating. Yeah. Right? But we'd just check in. And, I, yeah, I love that one, Pete. That's so important. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Lem? I would say, just from my you know, brief experience so far, I would say pay attention to what, what your, your child or children are really into, what they gravitate towards, you know, the kind of attention they need. So speaking of the phone thing, like even Eden, like she would tell me, put my phone down. She's yeah. two years old. Yeah. She would say, no, phone down. Yeah. She would take it and she would put it, pick it up, place it on the coffee table or something. And I get that. Sometimes it's something as simple as like watching Coco Melon, which drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Coco Melon. That's a, another segue yeah. <laughs> for a different podcast. But uh, yeah, just paying attention to what your kids really gravitate towards how you can show love for them and just kind of lean into it you know yeah that's awesome i think um you know for me i'll 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 end the podcast on another quick story i think um talking to your kids like just yes and and often especially with boys it's not Mm -hmm. face to face it's shoulder to shoulder doing something together or Mm -hmm. it's when they don't have to look at you in the face when you're in a car and they're in the back seat but just taking time to really talk um and it, funny enough, it's a conversation with my kids, a pretty consistent one that ended up with me choosing to be here at Feeding Tampa Bay. Mm. Um, I had a great job previous to this, right? I was uh, I worked for a community foundation, and you know, doing good work and and leading community investment stuff and and helping you know wealthy individuals put money into the community to support important projects. Is uh, was a good good job, but. Mm. At the same time, my kids would ask me what I did that day. And what I did was put on a suit, talk to somebody with money, and ask them to write a check. Um, Obviously, it's more than that. But but that was the kind of routine of the day, right? Mm. Um, And and they just couldn't really understand what I did at work. And if you're going to spend so much of your life away from your family... 
I just found it really hard to continue to do that work and come home and not really be able to tell my kids what I did. And that's my favorite thing about being here. Because as we talk about all the time, when I go home at the end of the day, my kids ask me what I did today. I fed people. Yep. I fed people. Yes. And there is no question about the worth and the value and the kind of the, the reason why I leave to go to work in the each morning. Mm. And I feel totally comfortable coming home and and having my kids understand that when I'm not with them, it's not because I don't want to be with them. It's not because, you know, I just have to make money. That's not it. It's mm-hmm. it's because I have an opportunity every day to make a difference. Um, and and that came from my kids asking me over and over, what'd you do today? <laughs> you know, um, you know, Pete, uh, I know you and I had this conversation before you started here. Have you found that to be kind of similar? You were in the restaurant industry before and yeah, it just wasn't as rewarding to tell them what I was doing before. Not like you, you know, just no knock against what I was doing, but um, just to be able to tell them that, you know, I'm helping people, show them pictures of the trailer loads of food that I'm bringing in yeah. and the distributions that yeah. we're doing and the, and the pictures of those and uh, putting that food in the trunks of, um, you know, uh, cars of people who need that food. And it just, um, you know, that's probably the best part of this job. And at the end of the day, you work long hours, you work hard, but you can lay your head down on the pillow at night and say, I fed people. Yeah. So, Pretty, pretty cool. Well, fellas, I, I appreciate your time. I think this is this has been fun. I, I've enjoyed yes, it. I think, yeah. um, you know, there's so many good dads here at, at Feeding Tampa Bay, and I'm sure listening to this podcast. And, um, you know, I, I hope that, that we all got a little something out of the conversation. And uh, having other dads you can talk to, too, is a huge, oh, huge yes. benefit. Yes, yes. Bouncing ideas off off each other is a big benefit that you know being able to go talk to other dads about issues concerns you may have with your kids i, I think that's a real real um great thing yeah when when you doubt or when you don't know how to handle a situation oh, yes. i promise there's another dad who has dealt with that exact yes. same thing yes sir and honestly if he messed it up he probably learned more and <laughs> from and you yeah. want to hear that <laughs> that story too right yeah so yeah. all right guys so i again appreciate your time uh i know you guys are all awesome dads and, and grandfathers um and and i just uh i want to say thank you for for being here part of the feeding Tampa Bay family and, and setting an awesome example for for other dads here thanks for having us yeah. thank My you pleasure thank you You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.